Doctor, look. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Doctor Homebrew. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Dr. Homebrew. My name is Justin Crosley, filling in for Jason J.P. Petros, and we are live from HomebrewCon in Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, I've got the two Brians, Brian Squared next to me. Yeah. Guys, Who's this J.P. guy you're talking about, though? It's your show now. You guys are holding down the fort. Uh, I know. He's it's, dead to me. What's, what's he, he done for me lately? <laughs> Join us out here now. Poor guy's gone for one episode. We can't even remember who he is. <laughs> Hopefully uh, we remember how to do this show. I don't know. I think we'll, we'll figure it out. Of course, we got Brian Cooper and Brian Shar. Uh, we are sitting across the street from the Yakima Chief Hops uh, booth. It smells good over here. That's what I'm liking best about it. It's, <laughs> it's the best smelling beer festival I've been to, if you know what I mean. Uh, be, we got the hops uh, wafting our way, which is which is very nice. Um, and we were surrounded by homebrew, uh, which is perfect for your show, guys. There's, there's beers with different yeasts over there, Y yeast. There's beers with different hops, you know, Hopstein and all these other places. They're doing some real fun stuff in here. Absolutely. I could hang out here all day. We should just <laughs> live stream us walking around drinking beers, what we ought to be doing. I'm not against this. I'm a content guy, Brian. I think you should do that. I'll just give you a camera phone and you just go for it. Four <laughs> hours of people watching me drink. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do want to thank our uh, amazing sponsor, Five Star, uh, Five Star Chemicals, who's been supporting this program since uh, the day it started, and uh, more importantly, supporting good beer since uh, since they started. Uh, if sanitation is your thing, and it should be, or do not hand me your beer to try, uh, you want to use Five Star. Uh, Star San, of course, PBW, which, by the way, I don't just use my brewery. I think I use PBW for everything. Yeah, there's lots of uses, yeah. My coffee maker has to get cleaned out every now and then. Yeah, I mm-hmm. just soak it in PBW. I, I, my ice tea maker. You know, I have this right. iced tea maker thing. You just put some PBW in the water. You run it through a cycle. The thing is brand new. Absolutely. The dishwasher, put some hot PBW in the bottom and go. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> They're also just friendly folks over there. So check them out at Five Star Chemicals and thanks for supporting this show. Uh, so today, of course, we're going to be uh, evaluating some homebrew. But we've also got George from iDip uh, sitting in with us today. And iDip, of course, has also been a supporter of this program. But more importantly, an much. innovator in the, in I think, certain Certainly for homebrew, but really beer in general. With your, with your, uh, tell us about the iDip device so that our listeners know exactly what we're talking about. Well, basically, we're talking about the Smart Brew uh, water testing kit. Yeah, it's uh, involves. We have a new product out called the uh, Smart Brew Professional Test Kit. It okay. Involves, oh well. Yeah. It now uh, we incorporate not only the photometer that has two way communication with your smartphone, uh, but we also now have a multimeter uh, pH probe that does uh, pH conductivity. TDS, uh, temperature, ORP, salinity. So now everything connects through Bluetooth to the exact IDIP app. Wow. Uh, so it gives you, uh, you know, real uh, uh, clear water profile information that you need for, Wait a, for so, brewing. So, George, this, this pH meter does total dissolved solids. It does. Wow. Yeah. So it's a lot more than just a pH meter. That's correct. Yeah. So it's that's, yeah. that's really cool because that's one of those measurements as a home brewer. I kind of like to know sometimes, but the equipment for doing that it was previously available was just it's out of reach for a, a consumer use. Sure, sure. And this is a uh, you know a, a very uh, a premium unit. So mm-hmm. it's going to give you very accurate information. The probes wow. are interchangeable. 
Um, so I know ORP isn't used to, too often uh, in brewing, but uh, you know, I love there is that application that you can add to it. Yeah. Um, that's that's an upgrade, of course. Um, but uh, you know, it's all like I said, it's all Bluetooth, and then within the app, we have the calculations like we always have. Uh, just that now um, you'll be able to uh, take measurements uh, with RO water because when you're doing uh, colorimetric tests, like with the um, the reagents that we have, you have limitations when it comes to alkalinity and how it affects the results that you get. So now, uh, and also with this uh, addition of pH meter, you can not only test the water, but you can also test, uh, you know, um, the wort or even the wort. your final product. Yeah, I was wondering yeah. about that, if you could yeah. also do the wort and the beer. Yeah. Uh, so it'll read those the same way. It will. And it's all temperature compensated as well. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I like, I mean, the, you know, just all the different tests it's able to do are amazing, but I just like that you're, you're able to do it quick and it, it doesn't need yeah. much water. You just do, it's like a four, four milliliter sample size That's right. yeah. and yeah. you just the, drop it the in there part. and you know exactly where your water's at too and I always tell people it's something nice to if you get, can get your homebrew club to go in on one for mm-hmm. people to share not every homebrewer can afford you know afford to buy their own meter like this but uh, you know it's 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 reasonably priced for what it does absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. and uh, you can get a few people to go in if you have a few buddies you brew with you want to know where your water's at all the time right at the moment because they change the water on us all the time in California yeah. it's nuts it's well and we've yeah. been talking about the, how important water is for years Mm-hmm. On, the, mm-hmm. on the brewing network. And, and, and in some ways, we've always said, look, if, if you're just starting out brewing, don't worry too much about it, right? Get, your, get the rest of it down. Get sanitation down. Get fermentation down. But as you advance as a brewer, and maybe you want to clone certain beers, uh, maybe you really want to dial in your competition brewing, water is absolutely essential. And so to know where your For water sure. is at from yeah. the get-go, yeah. at which, and I was just talking, so our friends, of uh, Denny Khan and uh, uh, Drew Beecham over there do a podcast, and we were just talking about audio gear mm-hmm. and how over the years the technology has made it more uh, available. I can now bring a broadcast setup that fits in a small suitcase as opposed to a small room. Mm-hmm. And the same is true for testing your water. That's correct. Uh, as yeah. Brian kind of mentioned, yeah. uh, you, this used to be a, a you know a hundreds, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of equipment. Yeah, you know, um, older traditional photometers you, for the, the do over 40 parameters like you can do with the idea. Yeah. Um, and, and one of the things about this that's unique that makes it so accessible is the fact that you only pay for what you use. Okay. So, um, you know, you can buy a pre-configured kit and it has um, all the parameters built on the software side because it is app-based for, on the, for mm-hmm. the IDIP photometer. Um, but there's over 40 parameters that you can actually upgrade and install into the app and unlock. So, oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, okay. yeah. No. So again, you do, only pay for what you use. That's right. That's right. Yep. So instead of spending, you know, say $700 or $1,000, you know, you're looking at for a base unit, you know, a couple hundred dollars. Sure. It's very affordable. And then as you add on to it for what you need, you can do different metals, iron, copper, yeah. manganese has come up in discussions here at the show with several really? people. Oh, yeah. So, um, and it, it will test all those parameters um, if you need to. Um, but, you know, the basic brew kit, uh, it's going to do, um, you know, pH, alkalinity, okay. chloride, sulfate, um, uh, total hardness, magnesium. Um, so all these things you can do in um, in the one kit, but then you can add on to it um, yeah. depending on what you're yeah. using. Now, embedding, if, you're, if you yeah. have a swimming pool, embedding, you can add on so that you can, like, just cancel your swimming pool guy. Hey, you know uh, And go, like, just, hey, yeah. okay, I've got this yeah. add-on. Yeah. I can just do this yeah. myself now and save however yeah. many bucks a month. Well, you know, we actually, we marked this, 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 this 
Smart Brew Kit is just one of the many uh, configurations that we have. Yeah. But we use this for drinking water, for wastewater, pool and spa, okay. uh, pond and aquarium. So yeah. um, this one is just the kit that's designed for the brewers. I see. It's yeah. nice that you did that. You know, yeah. You, yeah that yeah. other stuff. You We're cover. nice guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I definitely love the ability to select your own apps for the things you want to measure. Mm-hmm. Where I used to live had really soft water. Mm-hmm. And the problem that I the problem, the issue I always want to know about was calcium. Because I had like really low calcium. And you need to have mm-hmm. calcium over a certain level for yeast health. Sure. So there's, you know, you can get, you can get different apps for different ranges of calcium. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people aren't going to need low calcium. I, I did. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I'm moving to a, I'm, I moved to a different place. I need to get familiar with my new water mm-hmm. so I can buy some different apps for that. That's and right. if you brew with well water, which oh, I, I got to help the people that have to brew with well water because well water can just oh. be nasty. Uh, things like iron become really important mm-hmm. because as your well pipe, I mean, I'm not saying anything you don't know, but mm-hmm. as your well pipe gets rusty or old, that's just going to make your water more and more irony. Yeah. Uh, and that's uh, bad. it's not just bad for, for clothes <laughs> yeah. and whatever. It's yeah. really bad for brewing. Yeah. So knowing that iron for well water is just critical. Sure, sure. And again, you know, especially you start getting into well water. It's not controlled by municipalities. Right. It's not regulated. It's really up to the individual well owner to uh, to look at the content of what's in the well. Um, you can, of course, do that with this, um, you know, uh, and then you'll just have to start looking at remediation, you know, filtering out iron, or it could be manganese. It could be arsenic. Yeah. Um, this won't do arsenic, but, you know, that's something else that, you know, depending on your region, uh, you may have that. I don't want to uh, know anyway, George. I do not want to know how much <laughs> arsenic. Oh, man. Yeah. Maybe that's oh, the thing with the your news, feet. too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Could so be. You yeah. like beer, though, too, right? Absolutely. We brought some West Coast IPA, some Very double nice. IPA that you might recognize. Okay. Uh, if you're Brian into brought that, some Pliny I'm to share. Some Pliny like the Elder. Plan. I need to finish the one I have right here. Well, I don't want to make you pound that. We can get you a cup. <laughs> so, George, I'm curious, as as a water guy yeah. like you are, yeah. are you able, when you, when you taste beer, can you kind of tell which brewers are paying attention to their water and which aren't? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you can. Uh, you know, because you look at the different water profiles um, and how it affects, what, you know, in terms of the chloride, the sulfate, the ratios. Yeah. Um, you know, you can have uh, high calcium levels. You have all sorts of factors that, you know, especially when you, when you do the, the come to the homebrew shows. Yeah. You see, you know, a difference from that versus uh, where we have the night with the professional brewers. There's, okay. Yeah. You can definitely see, and some have it dialed in, and they've they've nailed it. Yeah. And others, you can just you can you can you taste can the flaws. Yeah. Well, so yeah. Uh, uh, tasty. I, go ahead. And I was going to say too, the stories that I hear, it's it's unbelievable how many brewers um, have started off as um, home brewers because we've been doing this now in this industry. We uh, what about? Four or five years now is when we launched the first Smart Brew Kit. Okay, um, but we've actually been in water testing since 1989, so this is our 30th anniversary this year. Wow! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But Congratulations, actually, yeah, thank you. Appreciate yeah. that. But we've had brewers that. Um, uh, you know they've they've uh, they've graduated from being home brewers into becoming professional brewers and uh, have come to us and, and, and told us how much they were able to really uh, control their product. I would be proud of that. To, yeah, to, to no, hear it's that exciting. I love to see that they come by the booth yeah. and you know, it's a good time. So, yeah, yeah, we're we're yeah. proud when we see some of our homebrew listeners going pro as well. So yeah. uh, and just to have a small hand in that is is nice. Yeah. And so uh, Tasty, one of our co-hosts on the show, um, we love the guy and he's kind of our resident hop guy and he has talked uh, for years about how uh, getting hops to express themselves better in beer has a lot to do with your water as well. Sure. It's not just the hops that you use. That's right. It's yeah. how you can uh, help elevate. Um, is it, you're going to have to help me, Brian, is it? Is it uh, uh, 
chlorides that help? There's something in particular that helps elevate hops. Uh, well, yeah, if you use, uh, you know, like a burtonized water as opposed to just a more clean, more neutral water, it's yeah. going to accent the, the hop bitterness a little bit in the way the hops express itself. You just okay. taste how those English beers taste a lot differently. You, know, you can add a little uh, gypsum, which is, you know, calcium sulfate, which, which yeah. is a part of the burtonization. Mm-hmm. And, and that that's the sulfates are, are kind of what play nicely with some of the hop aromas and, sure. and and the flavors. Uh, but if you go too heavy with that, it can start to taste chalky and minerally and, and the bitterness gets a little harsher too. So you really have to balance that and not go over the top on your mineral adjustments. Okay. Yeah. And that's something George and I talked about very briefly before the show. Is mm-hmm. One of the... Uh, one of the great things about homebrew in the last few years has been the emphasis on water, the information about water. You know, our good friends, John Palmer, Jamil, yep. uh, those, they've done a lot of work on that. And but there's also the flip side is a little knowledge can be a dangerous thing, where sometimes the, the flaws that I see in homebrew and competitions now, as opposed to 10 years ago, one of the biggest flaws I see is people that over-adjust the water and don't understand what their base water is. Okay. Someone hears that, oh, I want a hoppy beer, I need to have calcium sulfate. And they dump a bunch of gypsum in, and they don't realize how much is already in. Maybe it was already okay. Maybe it was already fine. And then you get that beer in competition, and it's like licking a rock. Okay. And I swear, (laughs) no matter what flight I judge, every flight of eight beers, I have some comments somewhere. This beer is like licking a rock. Okay. Uh, Please back off. If you're adjusting your water, please back off. Please understand what your water is first. I'm offended that you're telling everybody about my beer that you judge. (laughs) It's anonymized. It's It's fine. It's totally fine. Yeah. Is it like licking your pet rock by chance? <laughs> yes. Course. Yes, it is. You, you, I don't, I'm not going to tell you how I know. Okay. Brian's uh, just at that age where he knows exactly what a pet rock is. Uh, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm more than exactly at that age. I was trying to catch my friend rock. Jeff's attention out there. Uh, we were making a joke about pet rocks. But, but knowing, knowing what your water is is so critical to being able to adjust it. And you know, it, you, because it does vary, and it can vary yeah. every time you brew, it's so important to have something like the iDip that can tell you what your water is easily and simply and just know what you got. So, George, where can people go to find out more about iDip and how to get it? Uh, you can get smartbrewkit.com. Uh, there's a, a nice landing page that uh, you can go to. Uh, it describes the various configurations. You can get them, you know, with two meters, a single meter. Um, you know, you can always part these out, uh, you know, sort of an a la carte if you really want to. But, yeah. you know, um, uh, that's the best place. And uh, we have nice videos. There's YouTube videos that you can watch. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah. and our customer service is second to none. So like you your, know, little, your carrying case is really nice too. You can put yeah, your pH meter in there. Yeah. You can put your 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 water tester. Everything's ready to go. You just yeah. carry it to your brew session wherever you're going, and yeah, you're ready. Sure. You're done. Facilitates sharing too. So. Yeah. yeah, and your booth is right here. Just I can yeah. see your sign for your booth like yeah. feet away. Right, right yeah. there. I know we're supposed to do that. You're getting a lot of traffic <laughs> from the, the Yakima Chief Hop people lining up yeah. here. So yeah, all Have right. A great so rest smart, of the show. Smartbrewkit.com is where you can check it out. George, I want to thank you for doing what you do so that we get to have better beer, but also thanks for supporting our show. We appreciate Absolutely. it very much. Thank, Thank you. you. It's wonderful. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Appreciate All right. it. We're going to take a real quick break. When we come back, we got some homebrew to try, and if you yeah. gather around, we might have a little extra that we could share for got, a couple people. I've got a lot of extra, actually. you got yeah. extra beer? All right. We'll be back in just a couple minutes. You're listening to Dr. Homebrew, live from HomebrewCon. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. 
homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up, you might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. The leader in affordable, high-quality kegerators is here. Introducing Comos, the kegerator designed with serious beer drinkers in mind. It features an all-stainless steel draft tower, a major upgrade over traditional chrome-plated brass towers, and Comos keeps your new tower cold with their air-cooled tower fan, wrapping your beer lines in frigid coolness. Your beer is poured from innovative forward-sealing faucets that don't leak, so they stay cleaner for longer. Dual gas inlets on the rear of the fridge allow you to run both CO2 and nitrogen gas. Serve your beer with CO2, serve your kegged wine, or even cocktails with nitrogen. The digital temperature display has the largest range available, allowing you to use the Comos Kegerator for fermentation if you need to. And now Comos Kegerators ship with duo-tight draft fittings for that click-to-connect assembly we've all dreamed of. Buy direct from ComosDraft.com and receive free shipping on your order. That's K-O-M-O-S Draft.com. Welcome back to Dr. Homebrew. We are live from HomebrewCon in Providence, Rhode Island. We are hanging out, talking beer, drinking beer. Uh, Brian even brought some some Pliny the Elder, uh, fresh from Northern California. Um, yes, yes. I'm such a creature of habit that I'm all the way across the country, and I'm just happy to have a little Pliny in my glass. <laughs> so, yeah, we had, we had someone pounding it in the the, la- the uh, lobby of the Omni. Uh, I won't name any names, but he's a pretty prominent <laughs> homebrew uh, community member, and uh, it was a little fun little party there last night with the other bottle i brought man it was kind of ridiculous actually i you know the bar had closed i was looking forward to going to bed and then in between me and my hotel room was that goddamn bottle share in the lobby of the omni hotel (laughs) and it was in between me and the elevator so it's like running the gauntlet and uh of course i had to stop and have more beer what are you gonna do exactly what i needed in my life at that point was a (laughs) little bit 2 30 in the morning yeah exactly but it's a great time at homebrew con if you've never been you should you should join us next year. It's in Nashville, Tennessee next year. So you, I can't think of one reason that you shouldn't come uh, to mm-hmm. HomebrewCon next year. It's a fun town. It's a fun yes. place to be. I haven't heard one person ever say a bad word about Nashville. No, there's no bad Whether word to, to live say. or as a travel destination. I've never heard anything but good things about that place. I'm pretty sure when I go there next year for HomebrewCon, I'm just going to stay, actually. That's how good that town is. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Uh, well, joining us today, we have David and Steve. Uh, and I believe, uh, have we? are we doing both of their beers, Brian? Have we well, got two different beers? They have a cadre of uh, three beers that, that is a part of a club project that they did, and, and they're the members of the Miami Area Society of Homebrewers, which otherwise known as MASH. Uh, okay. Creative there, but uh, I wanted to let them talk about what they did, why they chose to do it, and it was nice that they contacted me. They were coming to the show, and I'm like, come on, guys, bring your beer and their game, and they're here, so Tell I us thank about the project. For yeah, thank you. So we have a, what is basically a fantasy draft, but it was for beer instead of uh, the NFL. And uh, we had eight categories, uh, yeast, three uh, malts, three hops, um, and a fantasy, uh, sorry, a wild card category that had like <laughs> strawberries or peppers or vanilla, cocoa pu- puffs, that sort of thing. <laughs> and then we had a normal draft, and uh, we had... 17 teams show up to do the draft. Wow. And they had to pick uh, initially a yeast, 
um, and then three other things that they picked in a normal draft order, and then the last four items were randomly picked for them. How did you decide who got the first round draft pick? Just random chance? Um, I think it was a random number. That was number. a random number generator yeah. as well. Yes. Nice. Okay. Nice. I like this. This is an interesting way to, to, to have a little club competition. Yeah. So um, tell us about this first beer. We have something called a twit beer. Is this right? Right. A twit beer. <laughs> That's your beer, Steve. Yeah, it's mine. So um, I ended up with basically uh, British hops and British yeast and German malt. Okay. So I said, well, what can I do with that? And so I said, I'll try and do a Hefeweizen, but using... British yeast and British uh, British hops. Mm. Okay. And that's what we're pouring right now? We're pouring it right now. Yeah. This was interesting. I tried to look up anything I could learn about it, but I didn't get very far. There's no guidelines for no. this. Yeah, Gordon hasn't <laughs> put it in there yet. But uh, maybe he will. He, who knows? That's in Gordon's safe, uh, the 2020 guidelines that only Gordon knows, and uh, you need to have the special combination. Uh, and who there. brewed this one? I brewed it. You brewed it. Okay. That is Steve. Okay, cool. Well... Do you mind if I chat about the beer a little bit? I don't mind at all. In my limited experience experience with English Hefeweizens, it's you've made uh, an awful lot of notes for somebody who's never. Uh, <laughs> this is I'm prolific. It's what I do, Justin. <laughs> okay. Uh, in the nose, I'm getting a, a kind of a biscuity, bready malt, but with a little toasty edge. It, you know, it's, I, I think I'm wondering if the the malt is expressing itself in an English way because of the, the yeast that's there twisting it. You know what I mean? Sometimes you do a, a like a Belgian IPA and it twists the, the hops to taste you know, Belgian-y for lack of a better word. Um, getting a medium-low earth, earthy hop character, moderate level of uh, stone fruit esters and uh, no DMS or diacetyl. It's pretty clean. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the appearance is a deep golden beer, colored beer. Uh, it has a low beige colored head. It's a little you know, pretty thick, persists uh, for, for a little while, not too bad. Uh, it's a really nicely formed head, uh, fine bubbles and some larger bubbles, but it's it just looks proteinaceous. You can see the, the protein in this beer. Like, it's just hanging out there, and, uh, a nice nice head on that beer. So there's a slight bit of haze to the beer. It's it's not perfectly clear, but it's not as hazy as you would see in a, a German Weizen, for example. Uh, you know, but just enough to uh, look a little Weizen-y, but I'd say it's a little dark. You know, if you were looking at it, I don't know what to compare it to. So, um, and I don't know what the color range is on these. So, I don't know anything. Um, <laughs> anyway, in the in the flavor, it's got a nice biscuity and bready mm-hmm. flavor with some toasty notes as well. Uh, again, those those apricot like stone fruit esters coming through nicely. I think from the yeast, a medium level alongside that. Uh, it finishes, I would say, semi sweet. It's not super dry. It's not super sweet. It's it's definitely not cloying at all. So the toastiness kind of, and the, the biscuity malts kind of come through in the end. Um, the malt and the fruitiness really just linger on the palate for a long time. I, I like the way that kind of finishes out uh, with the sweetness kind of accenting it, just the light sweetness. Um, it's pr- balanced pretty evenly between the malt and the yeast character, I would say. Um, there's not a lot of hop going on here. It's, it's very low bitterness out of the way, low earthy hop, uh, but nicely done on the flavor. I like the flavor a lot. Uh, mouthfeel-wise, it's, I would say it's medium-bodied, uh, pretty, you know, uh, leaning a bit towards the, the fuller side of the spectrum, even. Uh, medium-low carbonation. There's no astringency. It's very smooth beer, very smooth and creamy. You guys can taste this beer, too. It's right here, the, uh, wants the here. Twit beer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's it's uh, no obvious alcohol warmth. It's not a strong beer. But, you know, it's a 
it's a clever beer. I don't know. It's a cleanly brewed, well-balanced beer, showing off the clean, you know, English yeast and, and that, that malt character. Again, it twists kind of English to me with the way the yeast is treating it, I think, even though it is German um, mostly. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about recipe briefly here, too. But full-bodied for the, you know, uh, for a lighter beer, it feels like a Weizen does. You know how the Weizen has all yeast and suspension. It can feel creamier and fuller in the mouthfeel than it really is. It's like a 5% beer. It just feels bigger. Yeah. You know, like an animal that gets really big and that, you know, make, even though it's kind of small. Sure. It <laughs> makes itself look that way, like a puffer fish. Uh, <laughs> this is something I would I think sip you just on. Named a, this you know, beer. The puffer fish. Yeah. yeah Did you just watch beer. Finding Nemo with a lot the sun? Of, yeah. <laughs> uh, you could drink a lot of this on a spring day. You know, it's maybe not at the best summer beer. It's a little sweeter than I would like for, for that. But, um, you know, I think a slight bit more attenuation may improve it. And I, I'd like it a little better if it was just a bit drier. Uh, but also, you know, uh, declaring that dry hop character. I said it was dry hopped with English hops. Um, you know, you might want to leave that off the sheet at this level or just, you know, I think am- amping up the dry hop and maybe experimenting with the different kind of hop varietals you're using could be fun. I'm not sure what, what hop was used in here. We'll talk about that too, but I'm not getting a lot of, well, I don't know. It's, it's kind of more... Um, English like uh, maybe fungal like character than like a bright EKG like character. So maybe play around with the hops, put in something something else. Even some American hops might be fun to throw in there. The English aren't afraid to use those. But you know, I gave the beer a thirty six. I kind of didn't know where to put it, but I think it's a it's a cleanly brewed beer. It's a nice beer, and it's kind of fun. So uh, thanks for sharing it. Awesome. I don't know what I don't know what to make of this beer myself. I, I'm, yeah. I'm mirroring, of course, you're much more detailed than I am, Brian. But as I'm tasting it, I just don't know what to do with it. It's a very pleasant <laughs> beer. It's a, it reminds me a little of like a I don't know early 2000s East Coast Pale Ale, yeah. right? Kind of in that in that middle balance yeah. where it's. I'm not saying it's too sweet, but I'm certainly not saying it's too hoppy either. Um, it's it's you know what? It's a goddamn good middle of the road beer. Is what yeah, it is. no, I, I agree. <laughs> Did you have any thoughts? to add, Brian? Yeah, I largely echo what, what Brian said. Um, I think I got kind of a bready, in a good way, you know, yeasty, bready character off of the uh, the aroma. Didn't get a huge amount of fruitiness. And I'm curious, we'll talk about your fermentation temps a little later. Uh, Windsor, I looked it up, like 63 degrees plus. Mm. So I'm be curious what range you ended up fermenting at, because heft can go depending on your strain. Right. Uh, and your preference for banana versus uh, clove can be like anywhere from 60 to 70 or something <laughs> like that uh you know, I, uh, it's hazy, but not in, in a good way. It's hazy like a Hefeweizen. It's not, and I, I hate that I have to modify this now. It's not hazy like a New England IPA. <laughs> this is not like there's sludge at the bottom of the glass. Okay, this is hazy, half hazy, uh, which is good. Um, I did get, in terms of the English hops, English hops have a tendency to be a little on the cheesy side. And I did get kind of some hop cheesiness in the kind of mid-palate on this right. beer. Especially, and it's kind of blown off a little bit, or I've gotten used to it, but there's a little cheesiness, and I'll be curious. I'm going to do Babe Ruth, and I'm going to call you Plymouth, because I've heard Plymouth is like a kind of a cheesy, new-school variety UK hop, hmm. uh, and I'm probably wrong, and I look forward to you telling me how I'm wrong in a minute. Uh, <laughs> But I you know, I never echo what Brian said is you might want to experiment. If you're going to declare dry hop, it needs more needs more hop aroma. And you might think about a different or additional 
UK hop variety for next time. I would I would brew this again. It's an interesting experiment. I echo what Justin said that it's it's pleasant. It's it's like something you'd buy commercially in the early nineties, uh, and it's no, it is. Uh, yeah, I would, and you would I buy this at the store in the nineties, and it would be a good beer. And I don't mean that as a as a diss on the beer. Well, I didn't too. Think I'm did. saying I really like the beer. I yeah. just, I'm trying to as Brian uh, Cooper was having trouble relating it to something. Yeah. it's all I could relate it to. No, yeah. I, I, I'm not meaning it as a diss either. Yeah, I mean this yeah. is a, this is a type of beer you would buy this in the store yeah. in 1992 and, and you know what I'd have been and you'd love it I'd have been damn happy with it yeah. that's right okay. yeah. so well, I, I gave it a 34 overall and okay. look forward to hearing about the details alright okay. next we're going to do this ginger beer this is a ginger pale but ale do you want to hear about the details oh we wanted to first? yeah okay uh, he's got the recipe out and ready yeah, to go yeah what did you put in that beer so sorry yeah. Yeah, okay. you, you so, were wrong on the hops of course he was wrong so these are my drafted items I had a German Pilsner so I put nearly 48% Pilsner in there. Uh-huh. Uh, red wheat, which I'd never even heard of before. Me neither. No. <laughs> so it's 48% of that. And then um, I had Kara Red. Uh, so I put 4.2% of that in there, which is probably what the color is from. Um, and then I did get one American hops in my draft, which was Columbus. So I used that for the bittering. Okay. Um, at uh, half an ounce at 60 minutes. Then I did some EKG, half an ounce at five minutes, and some Fuggle, half an ounce at five minutes, and then dry hopped um, with an ounce of EKG and an ounce of Fuggle. Were they pellets or whole cones? Pellets. Yeah. And do you, do you know uh, the freshness? Are they pretty, any idea of the crop year? or That's Were they a, stored in the freezer, in the, the homebrew store? Or? Did you find them on the ground? <laughs> 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 Fair enough. That it, I only ask because sometimes if hops are a little older, especially UK hops, because they have a tendency toward cheese anyway, older UK hops can get a little more, and that maybe were a little, and it wasn't like it was licking a thing it's of blue cheese. It's not cheese, no. But it was, just, no. it was just some of that character, if I'm th- thinking about fine points for how to yeah. do better, that maybe was a thing to clean up. Uh, I would yeah, use yeah, maybe I definitely yeah. taste that. Maybe go heavier on the balance of EKG to Fuggle and the dry hop, or even just yeah. switch it. Just to EKG, that would be that would be fun. Right. So the the one other interesting bit was trying to figure out what yeast to use. So I was trying to do this Hefeweizen thing. So from what I read, uh, Windsor seemed to be the most funky sort of. British yeast or English yeast out there. so very characterful, for sure. Yeah, Yeah. so that's what I used, and I did it at Hefeweizen temperature. So I went from 68 to 72 degrees over the the ferment. That's reasonable. So, yeah, next up is the ginger beer. Are you you interested in starting us off on that one? I'd be happy to start us off with the uh, the ginger beer. We did the ginger beer. This was an American pale ale with ginger. uh, Exactly. Any thoughts about that beer? What was the inspiration for this? Who got drafted into that? Uh, that was Eric in our okay. club. Eric Meyer. Shout out to Eric. Is Eric okay. here? Eric yeah. is not here. Uh, we'll get him out to Nashville. Excellent. Uh, Sir, not appearing at this conference. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, you, we can... Go ahead, yeah. Okay. Uh, aroma. Uh, aroma was medium-high ginger that was pleasant and doesn't overpower. I thought it was a really deft hand with the ginger because ginger is one of those things that you can just way overdo and it doesn't even take that much to suddenly go from, hmm, there's not really much ginger in here to, uh, oh my God, this is like a ginger bomb. I'm drinking ginger ale. So that's a really good job of having this be a ginger beer, but there was not just ginger going on. 
lot in the aroma. Low malt, uh, no esters uh, that were apparent other than the ginger. Uh, the uh, No diacetyl, no off aromas. Uh, there's some citrus hop that comes through kind of in parallel with the ginger. Again, good job to do this, to have an APA-based beer that doesn't have the hops totally get massacred by, by ginger. So I gave this 9 out of 12. Uh, appearance, 3 out of 3. Color a little on the dark side. Hazy more in the dry hop sense than the maybe now common sense. Uh, head is heroic uh, and very yeah. persistent. I mean, you look at this thing from the audience. This this is something that got poured several minutes ago, and it's still a really nice head on this. So good I job. Love this That's descriptor, really Brian. hard to do. Heroic. Uh, well, yeah, you got to give this big head some kind of uh, uh, some kind of name. But it really stands. And we were judging this, and this head stood on this beer for ten minutes in the process. Of clinging to the sides of the glass. It's, yeah. Yeah, everywhere that head can stick, it'll yeah. go. It's really good. Uh, malt was very prominent. Um, there's restrained ginger that comes up in mid-palate uh, with some uh, medium bitterness to balance. Uh, some medium spicy slash citrus hop is in there as well as the ginger. Again, the ginger doesn't overwhelm the flavor uh, any more than it does the, the aroma. Finished is long and balanced. It's well attenuated. Give this 12 out of 20. Mouthfeel's a 5 out of 5, medium body, medium carbonation, slight warming, no astringency, uh, really more perky than creamy, exactly what you want from an American pale ale. Uh, overall impression, uh, I gave this 8 out of 10 for a total score of 37. Uh, you know, I think that the ginger is perfect. If I, and anything, having just a little bit more hop aroma and a little bit more hop flavor would be welcome. It's there. It's not that it's not there. Right, I think that's partly why this is such a deftly handled ingredient with the ginger. It doesn't overwhelm everything and become ginger ale. But a little more hop aroma and a little more hop flavor would push this up, I think, over 40. This is really, really nicely done. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I'll, I'll just add briefly to what Brian said. You know, uh, The ginger is bright and clean in the nose. I really like that. Um, as I get into the flavor, though, it seems, a, to me... Um, a little, you know, dominating the hops a little too much, and I, I don't, you know, I may not care for ginger as much as, as Brian does. Uh, I, I admit that it's not a ginger bomb. In You're any more sense of a Marianne than a ginger but, uh, yeah. person. And so, you know, I would dial the ginger back, honestly, to let the hops shine out and push the hops up a little bit, because that ginger is still going to stand out just fine with a little bit less and, and have a better balance. To me, it's also um, giving a bit of a biting character in the mouthfeel, to me, which is a little harsh. And the not harsh, harsh, but you know, and the and the, the the appearance of the beer is also very murky, and uh, you know, the I love the head, but I had to take a point off just for the the haziness. You should get your APA a little clearer yeah. than that. Uh, but he did a nice job overall. It's a, it's a very well brewed beer. Yeah, it's fun. I ended up giving it a thirty three, but you know, I liked a lot about it. But I was dial that ginger back a bit to let the hops shine. Yeah, usually if I see ginger in a descriptor, I'm like, oh, geez, this is going to be a 25-point, 20, one-dimensional yeah, beer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this is far more than one-dimensional. Do you have his recipe? Do you know how much ginger he used in this beer? Yeah, he, uh, let's see. That's more of a of a gingerbread, by the way, if you're listening. Gingerbread, yeah, that's Yeah, true. that's a good point. Because it has a bready character bready that, malt. that I think keeps it from being too much ginger, as you're kind of saying, Brian. It, yeah. It, it adds to it. It has more depth than just ginger. But it doesn't scream American Pale Ale, so yeah. Right. So but, he had a half ounce of minced ginger at five minutes, and then he dry hopped with a half ounce for three days. Interesting. And five well, gallons. Dry ginger. No, 
No, he dry hops, dry hops. mints. Oh, oh sorry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. Yeah. My ears and brain were not working there. It doesn't for a really second. seem like too much. You know, yeah, that sounds like a lot. Compared but, to what I'm tasting, it sounds like a lot. Yeah, I don't know. I guess yeah, half, half ounce. That's a, a, that's a full ounce that's altogether. A, that's, yeah. a, that's a good chunk of ginger. But it is not uh, overwhelming in the beer. Which no. I think is just how, is how long did he have the beer on the ginger? Do you know? I uh, dry hopped for three days, it says. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is it sustainably so harvested ginger? Yeah. <laughs> that's what I want to know. Yeah. Only picked at the, the full moon by virgins wearing uh, the sacramental. <laughs> and then what were the malts and hops in this? What hops did he especially use? He used, let's see. Now, he's interesting because he used all eight ingredients that okay. he picked. Wow. So, uh, Crystal 20. He's a rule follower. A, a pound of Crystal 20, a quarter pound of Crystal 60, 10 pounds of two row, two pounds of floor malted Bohemian wheat. Mm. Let's see, an ounce of Mount Hood at 60 minutes, uh, three-quarters of an ounce of Nelson Savon at 45 oh, minutes. Nice. I'd use more of that. Wow. <laughs> I like that hop. And Zythos. I don't know that one. Dry hop with Zythos for one ounce, one ounce for uh, three days, and then some more Nelson for well, three days. Despite the kitchen sink approach you had to use with your rules in this club, it you know he made a pretty decent beer. I, I yeah. like it. And now um, that you mentioned yeah. Nelson and Zythos, I'm getting there's a little little lemon meringue in there, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that <laughs> might be coming from those hops too. You get that kind of uh, citrusy, lemony. Um, it's a dessert. Yeah. Beer. Well, you also it? put a pie in the beer, I heard, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like it. Dry pieing? Dry pie. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we move on to this IPA. We've got to keep it moving a little bit than we yeah. usually do, but I, I really want to get to this American IPA we uh, we got from the club. Tell me, okay. who brewed this one? Um, who was the winner of your competition? You should know this. That's Chris Nash, right? Yeah. Yes, Chris Nash. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> okay. Here's the American IPA. Hopefully his beer is more memorable than he is. <laughs> so on the nose, I'm, I'm getting some uh, some pine and a hint of melon. You guys out there can drink this beer with us as well. This is the American IPA right here. Uh, and I guess it's their contest winner. Uh, pleasant pineapple and citrusy hops up front. Some pine and a hint of uh, yeah melon. Um, high level of clean kind of base malt, basic breadiness behind that. It's not, not jumping out in front of the hops at all, which I like. The fruity esters are uh, moderate and... Uh, but it seems really cleanly fermented ale character. Not getting any DMS. I'm wondering if is there a tiny hint of diacetyl in there? I'm really sensitive to it, but just underneath, I, it's, I'm it's only not at a level where it would be offensive to anyone. It's just like a tiny butterscotch, maybe. But I can overall, talk myself into it with you've said it. But I, I didn't it warms, get it before. I'm and I'm, touch of that. I, I don't know. I'm, I, I trust your. But your it didn't bend me to much it. at all. And I, I, you know, maybe I, yeah, I missed it earlier. But um, appearance-wise, it's a nice golden colored beer you know on the lighter side for style with a small white head and mostly fine bubbles it stuck around moderately well left a bit of hop lacing on the on the edges of the glass which i like the beer is nice and clear you know tiny touch of hop haze and that's fine um but yeah it's, it's a refreshing change from all these east coast beers darn it sure uh, yeah <laughs> no, i won't complain I, there's some good ones you're gonna complain flavor wise uh, <laughs> again there's a medium high uh, the pine kind of jumps out more in the flavor to me with a tropical and citrus edge. 
low bready malt, cleanly fermented again, ale profile, uh, somewhat fruity, medium high, I would say, but you know, some of the fruits coming from those hops. Sometimes you get a, a beer with a certain hop that just pushes out these massive specific fruit esters that just like, wow, you know, pineapple or mango, things like that can be fun for me. So I really liked that about the beer. Uh, just clean fruitiness lingers right into the aftertaste. Finished dry, but not bone dry. Uh, just off dry. Uh, but it's an, I would say, too, it seems like a nice water profile. I don't know what they used. Uh, it seems like the water is kind of out of the way and just lets the hop, hops shine without making anything too harsh. Uh, medium low bitterness. Uh, go see those smart brew guys. Uh, yeah, get, get your water <laughs> dialed in. It's um, good advice. The, the, the bitterness is out of the way. It's nice. It's one of the more, more modern style IPAs with a, you know, it, it's, it's kind of juicy, actually. You know, uh, there's no... Uh, no harshness at all. No DMS. Uh, maybe a touch of diacetyl. But, uh, you know, in mouthfeel-wise, the body's fairly light, easy to drink, only a hint of alcohol warmth. No obvious astringency here. It's not biting at all. It's just really smooth. Uh, medium carbonation, as it should, you know, maybe medium high, bordering on. Uh, but a nice drinkable, easily drinkable beer. Uh, so, you know, overall, I'd say this is a wonderful American IPA, leaning toward the more modern side of the, the profile. Uh, the 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 body is extremely light uh, for the style, I would say. It just really works nicely to, to make it drinkable and you sip it and you want another sip. So then the you know the off dry with that you know that lighter body just makes it a real quaffable beer. Uh, you know, it may also be if I had to guess I'd say it could lean towards the lighter end of the ABV style, but or it could be a sneaker that you drink a few and you're like, whoa. But uh, yeah, so it's uh, you know maybe maybe uh, uh, increase the body slightly. You could get a little more malt to hop balance there, but it's nice the way it is, and you could even boost the alcohol a bit. But yeah, it's a fun beer. I gave it a, a, a forty. So a forty. I, I pulled it back uh, just one point for the, the maybe diacetyl, but it's it's a nice beer. So so I'm gonna go uh, just a little opposite you. Okay. And I never considered myself particularly sensitive to diacetyl. But it is—it's predominant for me. It's bugging you. Beer. If Doc was here, he'd be like, "Oh my god!" He might have. It's predominant in this beer, and uh, it, I, I'm actually you not saying I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm still enjoying the beer a bit. But from the aroma to the finish, it is a—it's a butterscotch. When it was, yeah, when it was colder, I didn't taste it. As it warms over there, and as it's warming, I'm getting it more. So yeah, I'm and I'm sorry to be that guy. Off. I just—it just, just kind of is—it's—it's it's persistent throughout the beer for me. No, it's not a matter of being that guy. It's a matter of what's your threshold for diacetyl. I think I have a higher threshold than a lot of people. Okay. Uh, yeah. and I, I'm not blind to it, but I'm in that bell curve, kind of in the middle toward the maybe slightly less sensitive. Okay. And there's people that are like, like Doc, that are like, oh my God, it's like a molecule, one part per billion. Sure. Oh, I'm licking a stick of butter. Sure. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, just your, it's just your it's your taste buds. And it's I've your never, threshold. I've never considered myself that sensitive to it. I actually think, you know, your palate sort of changes on a day-to-day basis. I, I think that can happen. It, it might matter that I'm hungover when I taste a beer sometimes. <laughs> And uh, in this particular case, it's just kind of standing out for me. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, I want to point out, Brian, that of the beers that we've tasted here this week and on the show, this is your highest scoring beer so far. Okay. Wow. I, I've been taking note of what you guys score. Mm-hmm. And uh, 40 is as high as you've gone. Oh, 
on the show ever? No. Uh, no this weekend. Okay. This he doesn't weekend. listen to the show. This, yeah, I, I have no idea what you've done. Uh, but this weekend, I've heard you hover in the, the uh, you know, 30 to 35 right in there. But you, you went for I think I was just ha- happy that someone brought a West Coast IPA. I yeah, miss yeah, them. Yeah. I'm going home on Sunday. I'm going to get some, some good IPA and drink it. Brian Shart, due to time, i got to give you the abbreviated version of your evaluation. Yeah, I'm going to do it That's super what we're abbreviated. Doing, yep. uh, I didn't get the diacetyl. Uh, I largely echo exactly what Brian said. I thought the body was it was very drinkable. Body was light, but malt flavor was medium to high. Mm-hmm. Kind of like 90s IPAs, but not with the caramel, more just with the malt in general. Okay. I really like this beer, and my comment overall was, I like the balance. This is, you know, for a modern IPA, having it not just be hop water, having a hop malt balance is really, I, I really like. Having said that, it's one that's maybe not going to do well in competition because it's going to be up against hot bomb, hot bomb, hot bomb, that's 10 ounces point. of dry hops, 10 ounces of flavor hops, and it's going to get lost in the shuffle It's in a little too old school for, for today's and, competition. Yeah, I think you have to have judges that really understand what's happening, and it has to be in the right location in the flight. Right? This is a beer that shows up you know, into the flight, you know, ten, five beers into the flight. <laughs> it's going to totally get overshadowed by everything before because your tongue is set to the ones you've already had. So this is a really good beer. And I, I, I stipulate to the diacetyl. I don't get it, but I will, well, I will accept We're tasting another fact. bottle right I'm now. I'm tasting the, first, the first bottle. This is the bottle that we actually judged. It's different. I'm getting some bottle variation here for sure. Yeah. Okay. That's, like, that's, that's entirely is, possible. Is lighter. It, it's, the diacetyl is not absent, but it's very, very different. It's, it's a lot lighter. So there may be some diacetyl creeping up in there. Yeah, that's definitely, that's definitely different. Yeah, that's weird. There's also, and this is what I do bottle. like about the beer in general, and I'm picking it up more in this second pouring you gave me. There's a spiciness to the hops that yes. is that's helping this beer. The, yes. the, the spice is helping the beer stand out a little bit, especially Definitely. as you're talking about, Brian, in it, with what it might do in competition. Yeah. And in this second pouring, because the diacetyl is a little lower, the spice is up even more, and I right. like that. I would, have scored, I would have scored this one higher. I scored this a 37. Okay. Again, this is because it didn't hit my diacetyl threshold. Someone that judges this that's more sensitive to diacetyl like you guys might be scored a little less. But overall, I thought it was very well done. Yeah, as I was tasting that second bottle, I'm like, what? why did I score this a 40? It's not quite there. And then the butter just started bothering me a little bit. So, But now that you taste this yeah. other sample. This other sample proves to me that there was definitely some bottle variation. Okay. And I think you guys all agree. Which is good Here's to know, the, at, at yeah. home brewers, that you can have some uh, variation just by bottle even. Now we all have to go do a shot of movie theater butter <laughs> yeah. just to make sure that we're calibrated yeah. to diacetyl. Oh. Anybody have that handy? Movie theater butter, anyone? Uh, what were the hops that they used in this sort of real quickly? Yeah, we've got uh, Yukina, El Dorado, and Saz. So oh, there was a little spicy wow, pepper A little there. spicy. Yeah. Okay. Cheer. Nice yeah. job, Justin. Oh, thanks. You want to sh- guest judge on our show sometime? <laughs> I actually, I really enjoy listening to, not that I listen to the show, but I sitting here, I really do enjoy listening to you guys go through a score sheet and judge as I'm just sitting here tasting and to, to see if I'm in line at all. And uh, I'm finding that uh, I pick up some of the same notes, which is kind of fun for me. Yeah. So, uh, not a bad beer. I want to be clear uh, that even with the diacetyl, it was kind of fun to be able to pick that out. Um, especially the second sample, it's yeah. not a bad beer. Uh, I, I, you know, yeah, yeah. There's, there's some honey malt in there. I'm wondering if the sweetness ah, from that may have nice. elevated the diacetyl. Elevated the diacetyl. So that's yeah. a good point. If you have some kind of sweetness, you might you might be pushing forward notes that you didn't intend, like right. like a bit of sweetness. Right. Yeah. And I will say that Chris Nash probably should have been disqualified from the competition. Mm. He drew coconut in the draft. Ah. Not to use it. Oh, no. Oh, you, can't opt out. Oh. you cannot opt out. 
What did, so what did the, your judges score this beer? Do you remember? It was a People's Choice award. It was award. a People's okay. Choice. And this was the winner? Yes. Okay. So I've got another beer I'm going to share with you guys. This is from my local brewery. It's called Altamont uh, Hellahoppy, and it's a double IPA. We had a little Pliny earlier. I'm just bringing the West Coast out to the East Coast. So if you're We're standing around, around, come here. on up to the table. Come up and grab a yeah. sip. Here. We'll I also, while you. Brian's pouring, I want to read a note from our, our friends at Yakima Chief just across the aisle here, 10 okay. feet away. They uh, heard the previous beer we were discussing and uh, made a note, and I knew Zythos was a blend of something. They noted that Zythos is a proprietary blend from Yakima Chief, uh-huh. uh, so uh, definitely uh, something fun to play with, and if you're interested in doing something like that, and you're here at the conference, Yakima Chief's just right here, 10 feet away. I got 20 uh, go, bucks that oh. says uh, Corporate Alex is the one who and handed you that note. Joe, Joe from Yakima <laughs> Chief. Uh, did I just lose kindly, 20 bucks uh, to Joe? Damn yeah, just lost 20 bucks, dude. <laughs> Damn it. He totally just brought us over a uh, sheet here about Thanks, this, Joe. about the specifics of the blend. So uh, I won't uh, belabor the point because we're kind of short on time. But if anybody, anybody wants to learn about it, there's a sheet right here at the table. And you can go to yakimachief.com. Go to yakimachief.com. All right. Well, listen, i got to wrap this up. Are we good? We're good. Thank All you right. so much. We're Thanks just... to the MASH guys for coming out and the guys that weren't able to make it come next time. Thanks so much for being here and for sharing your beer with everybody. We appreciate it very much. Uh, thanks for listening to Dr. Homebrew. I want to thank Five Star Chemicals for being our wonderful sponsor. I also want to thank our guest today, George from iDip, awesome. um, who was just really fun to talk to. I talked to him off air a little bit, too, and, and he's passionate about beer and, and water chemistry. So uh, you're going to want to go to smartbrewkit.com and check that out. You can go to fivestarchemicals.com and learn more about our sponsor there. And uh, Brian and Brian and Justin Crosley, our hostess <laughs> with the most. It's been fun to, to fill in for JP. Maybe I should have JP stay home a little more often. I, I had a good time doing the show with you guys. It's it was been fun. fun doing the show with you too, man. It's been really cool. So uh, we've got some Bruce Strong coming up next here if you're listening live. Yeah. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. This has been Dr. Homebrew live from the uh, National Homebrewers Conference, now known as HomebrewCon in Providence, Rhode Island. And we'll see you next time. Go get that check.